Hey there, it's Dr. Axe. In the world of health and wellness, we've all seen our fair share of wearables. But let me tell you about one that's taken my personal well-being to a whole new level. I'm talking about Apollo Wearable. You know, I've been using it for a few months now and the results have been amazing. Better sleep, improved energy, and faster recovery. Developed by neuroscientists, this next generation device gives you the power to influence how you feel through your sense of touch. Let me break it down for you. The Apollo wearable harnesses the power of touch therapy with soothing vibrations, sort of like music for your skin. Higher vibrations boost your energy and sharpen your focus, while lower vibrations melt away stress and promote relaxation. So if you're ready to experience the Apollo effect, head over to apolloneuro.com slash ancienthealth. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com slash ancienthealth, or use the code AXE to score an exclusive $25 discount. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey friends, Dr. Motley here with the Ancient Health Podcast. And today let's discuss a really important subject, the heart. Let's talk about heart strength, heart vitality, and the symptoms and concerns within our present-day healthcare system that has to do with myocarditis or inflammation of the heart, things such as strokes, heart attacks, insufficient blood flow like blood pressure issues or high heart rates, the pulse that's going crazy, this podcast is for you. So we want to discuss the basics of the heart. We want to talk about these symptoms. What are some of the things that could lead to those types of symptoms? What are some of the simple things you can do to actually help ensure to strengthen the heart muscles. And let's not forget the issue of emotions. Emotions are heavily involved with the heart and with every single organ. So can the emotions and the programming within your body create a state where the heart can be more susceptible to infections or trauma or injury? So let's discuss it together, guys. First of all, let's discuss what the heart is. Of course, it's the organ that helps pump the blood, and it is the initiator of the heart pumping mechanism or the blood pumping mechanism. In Chinese medicine, we often call it the king or the queen. Now, the muscles around the heart, known as a pericardium, is the prime minister, which means it protects the heart. But the heart in itself initiates the pumping mechanism. Now, the cool thing, guys, is that in embryology, there are muscles that are involved around the arteries. So we often think that the heart is the only thing that pumps the blood through all our capillaries. Now remember, there are thousands of miles of capillaries and arteries and blood vessels within our body. Thousands. The amount of distance of arteries within our body can wrap around the world so many times. That's what they tell us in research. Could the heart in itself have enough energy to have one single pump that would pump blood throughout the whole system? And many researchers say, no, it's not possible. There's high amounts of voltage and electricity within the heart that can actually initiate the movement through the arteries. Now, the arteries have several different muscle layers, up to seven, they say. So the muscular contraction within the arteries themselves, as they contract, they create a turbulent force within the arteries. They are what push the blood flow continuously throughout the extremities, throughout the body, down to the capillaries, and even to the distal fingers and toes. So... 
When we think about the heart, remember that we're also talking about the contraction of the artery vessel walls, the muscles in the walls. Because when we talk about the muscular contraction, I want this to be an important part of it. Because when we realize what could damage the muscular contractions, we then understand what could actually cause a change in your blood pressure or your pulse rate or the overall vitality of the heart. The heart and the arteries are muscles. So anything that could degrade it can cause a change in blood flow and cause injury to the heart. Since we know that the heart is a pumping mechanism, the reason it's important is because whatever could hinder the blood flow from moving through the distal areas, does this make sense? The elbows, the wrist, what if you had an old injury in your wrist or an old injury in your knee? If your blood flow is not flowing properly through those areas, then that could put more stress on your heart. Your heart's trying to pump. It hits a blockade in your knee if there was an injury, and it has to work harder to try to initiate more pumping, more blood flow. But also the arteries can be injured because they have to work harder to contract, which means it involves your neurology. So you have this conglomerate. If you have old injuries, old traumas, it all can work on the arteries and the blood vessels and back its way up into the heart. So when we talk about anything that affects the arteries, we're talking about its backed up mechanism up into the heart. So the heart, you know, has four basic chambers. You have the atrial areas and the ventricular. So I don't want to get too overwhelming and too nerdy on you, but you have the left and right atrial areas up in the upper part of the heart and you have the ventricular areas in the lower part of the heart. Now, your heart is composed of an area that's divided right down the middle, known as the septum. But I want you to remember that you have different types of muscles. You have the myocardium, you have the ectocardium, and you have the endocardium. So you have this mesocardium that's basically dividing the ecto, the outer layer of muscles of the heart, and the endo muscles, the endocardium. So when they say myocarditis, they're talking about inflammation in that strong middle layer of the muscles of the heart. So you have a pericardium, that's an overall sac that the heart sits in, and it protects the heart. It tries to protect the heart from infections, from any type of toxic material. That's where the heart sits in. So you have these layers as a protective mechanism to the heart. When we have three layers of the heart that's basically using muscular contractions to move blood flow, from the atrium down to the ventricular and the ventricular back up to the atrium and the atrium back out into what we call the peripheral system, we realize that the heart is pumping consistently and the muscles are the primary thing that we need to pay attention to to ensure that muscles are, the blood flow is getting to the rest of the body. The other thing I want you to understand is that these three layers are connected to the electrical system. The bundle of his. They're AV and SA nodes. These are small areas of electrical activity within the heart that create the electrical signals from your neurology and from the acupuncture system to get the heart pumping. Now, why is this important? Anything that could get into the muscles or affect the nervous system could affect your blood pressure, your pulse rate, and overall affect your nervous system. So I don't want to get overwhelming. If we have anything that could affect muscles, nerve flow, those two components are what feed the muscle fibers to keep them viable, to keep them vital. So 
if you have sufficient blood flow and you have sufficient nerve flow, the muscle fibers will stay nice and strong. But what happens if you get something in your body that would hinder blood flow even to the heart or the circulation of blood flow through the chambers of the heart or even interfere with the nerve feed from the brain from the spinal cord to the heart? The blood vessels can get injured and the heart muscle tissue can actually start to deteriorate. So we want to make sure that all the components, whether it's structural, chemical, organ, even if it's psyche-emotional, electrical activity, all can have effect on the function of any organ, especially the heart. So with patients, I have often seen in the office when they have a really critical type of infection, whether it be strep, a certain type of parasite infection, whether it's Lyme disease, or even a chronic viral condition, whenever these infections get into the body, I've often seen that the one thing I have to continuously check is the function of the heart. So I will look and I'll primarily think, okay, blood test shows this, fecal test shows this, even your analysis says the, these types of infections are running rampant, and I'll use my best um, tools to actually clean out the infections in a gentle way. Now, when you clean out the infections, the one thing that I have often seen is that I have to work on the strength of the blood system. We say in Chinese medicine that the qi, the electrical activity, follows the blood. And why? Blood, red blood cells, have their own polarity. The turbulent muscular contractions that cause that turbulent flow within your artery walls is also helped along by the electrical activity that occurs between red blood cells. Your blood cells have a north and a south pole. They have polarity, negative positive charge. And that continuous negative positive, negative positive motion is what helps the muscular contractions push the blood through the arteries. So it's not just a muscular, but it's also electrical. So you have this contractile force that's occurring through the system to push the blood flow throughout the body. When patients have a certain type of infection, you can have an infection that can actually disrupt the red blood cells that are hemolytic in nature. So when I say hemolytic, these are infections that actually want to tear apart red blood cells or anything that may have red blood cell proteins associated with it. Whether it's within the red blood cells like the hemoglobin protein or the capillaries themselves. With patients that have Lyme disease, They'll have red bullseye rash or rickettsia like Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Why do these chronic infections result in rashes? Because the infections themselves go into the area where they got bit by a tick or a mosquito or a mite or even a horsefly, which carry these type of infections. And these small microbe infections go in and they tear apart the red blood cells, causing the contents, the hemoglobin, the iron, the oxygen, to spill out into the tissue. So you start to get these red dots because essentially it's red blood cells being destructed and showing themselves through the skin. What I want to make important to us in this podcast is that whenever you have a small or a major infection, you have to pay attention to the bloodstream and to the strength of the blood. Wherever the blood flows, the chi flows. Why? When an infection tears apart the red blood cells, you lose the polarity of the red blood cells. The motion of the blood is hindered because 
the more red blood cells you have, the more you have that positive negative chain effect of moving forward, inching forward, because if you lose it whenever you get an infection, you will have slow moving blood. We call it blood stagnation in Chinese medicine. The slower the blood flows, the more contractile force your muscles in the arteries have to create to push the blood because there's damage already in the red blood cell and in the plasma. You can have infections tearing apart your red blood cells. You can have infections injuring your capillaries, injuring the walls of your arteries. And this, remember, can create heavier muscular contractions simply because the red blood cells are being injured where they cannot, what, bind to iron or hold on to oxygen. Iron is held, oxygen attaches to the iron. So you hear conditions of ferritin issues, the proteins that actually help transfer iron, ferritin, transferrin. These types of issues can occur because whenever you have an injury to the blood cells, you're going to have injuries to other organs, the heart, the spleen, the liver. Now, without getting too complicated, let's backtrack. If you have problems with your arteries pumping harder to push the red blood cells, th the red blood cells through, the plasma through, you're going to cause more fatigue to your arteries and you're going to cause a backup to the heart. So your arteries are working hard to contract. They're trying to do their own thing. Your nervous system is saying, yo, hey, the arteries are injured. We need to contract harder to push blood flow through and it's going to signal to the heart, heart, you have to pump harder. So you'll start to see that the heart is going to initiate higher blood pressure or even higher pulse rate. Even then, we have to go into the ways that the hormonal system are now kicking in. They feel scared. They feel a bit aware that something is going on. And so you'll start to see that more hormones are going to be displaced and balanced just to keep your heart and your blood vessels maintaining a proper blood pressure. That's what your body's trying to do, is to create a simple level a simple blood pressure level, consistent. So your liver's going to work harder because blood pressure is helped being regulated by the methylation process of the liver and the kidneys are trying to use, and the adrenal glands are trying to use aldosterone to help keep the pressure of the blood and the fluid within the blood vessels at a normal rate or a normal balanced um, rate within the actual vessel walls. So... If you have those things occurring within the blood vessels and you have stuff going on within the kidneys and liver, you're going to start seeing not only injury in your blood vessels and your heart, but also you'll see, start seeing hormonal imbalances and enzyme imbalance within the liver and the kidney. They say in Chinese medicine and in Western that the systolic has to do with your liver. The diastolic, the lower number, like 120 over 80, the 80 has to do with your kidneys. So why is this important to us? I want you to see that Anytime you look in your past, in your health history, if you've ever had chronic conditions of, let's say, strep, if you ever had chronic Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, chronic flu, if you had chronic flu conditions that you've seen in your blood work, if you've had chronic uh, parasitic infections like protozoa infections or Lyme disease, they all can damage the red blood cells. Further yet, certain types of 
infections have been known to be able to, what, attach to certain muscular tissue in certain areas. Let me give you an example. The muscular tissue of your quads, since it's a striated muscle, has a certain type of surface area, but also surface receptors. So every muscle, every organ has specific receptor sites particular to that organ. So you could have particular receptor sites of your heart that have little key slots. And those key slots are there to help receive nutrients. This is another step we're going into. Nutrients such as minerals, vitamins, amino acids, even good fats, good starches, good carbs, those types of nutrients are broken down by the body and they fit into these small key slots within the muscular tissue of the heart and the arteries and the lungs and the other organs to keep those nutrients flowing into the tissue, into the muscular tissue of the organs to make them pump viably. So as they're pumping viably, you remember what you eat will turn into the things that stick to the receptor sites on the muscle walls. But when you have an infection, certain infections have been known to fit in the key slots of the receptors. So if you think about taking your key, going to your door, putting into the slot and turning it, it has a perfect form to fit into the key slot to turn and open the door. That's how nutrients, minerals, vitamins, they're called coenzyme and cofactors, fit into the receptors of your arteries, your capillaries, into the muscular tissue within these organs and vessels to make them pump. So whenever you have any infection, that could attach to the receptor or damage the receptor. Makes sense. It could damage the receptor site so that it deforms the shape of the receptor site where it cannot fit perfectly with a mineral or a vitamin or a nutrient. And so that nutrient vitamin does not get into the actual tissue of the heart or the blood vessels or the lungs or the spleen or the kidneys. And what happens to the tissue of the organ? it starts to deteriorate because you have to have certain nutrients to clean up, to heal up the tissue. You need magnesium, you need manganese, you need selenium and zinc to help with muscular contractions. So in your past, you got an old infection. You may have got a present infection. You could have chronic things that are initiated by new infections. You could have chronic strep that's initiated by a flu virus. But you see in microbiology, in what we call virology or even bacteriology, that your body can be triggered. And so when this, those receptors are not working properly, you're going to start seeing the conditions start to come up, such as heart palpitations, such as tachycardia, heart fibrillations. You could see conditions like stroke-like symptoms where you have pain down the left arm, where you think you're having a heart attack. Why is it that you could go to the doctor and you have this chest tightness or you have this chest pain, these pains that are not only going down the left arm but both arms? Why is it that you go to the doctor and they say, no, your blood work is fine, your levels are fine, I think it's just stress, and you know they may try to prescribe you like an anti-anxiety or antidepressive. Um, it's because... There are things that could be lying underneath the surface that could be creating infectious states that are damaging those receptors. So anytime that I see that there is no blood, blood work or labs that are pointed to a particular problem, 
but the patient is explaining to me that they have heart indicators. I check what we call the heart meridian. The heart meridian goes right down the middle of the wrist, right through here, and also starts at heart one, which is right underneath the armpit. That's the first heart point in acupuncture. And that heart acupuncture point travels down through the arm. So you usually will find people that have these types of chest tightness. They also have sore wrist, like carpal tunnel syndrome, sore elbows, or pain down the inside of the arm. That to me will tell me that the heart and the heart meridian is injured. Before it shows on lab work, before you'll start seeing heart protein, breakdown of heart protein, your body's trying to give you an indication that there could be something going on within the muscle system and the nervous system within the heart that's creating this problem. So if you look back in your history, more times than not, I usually ask patients when they have heart issues and I check their pulse points and we do the tongue analysis in Chinese medicine and even some kinesiology, they will tell me, yes, I had strep over and over when I was a kid. I had strep continuously year after year after like age four. I had it every single year. Some people have even told me that they've had strep three to four times in a month. Got their tonsils removed, got their adenoids removed, and this is no shaming. This is just what's happening. And those conditions can lead to the congestion of the lymph tissue like the tonsils or the thymus or the appendix. And so those infections run rampant throughout the bloodstream, throughout the lymph system. Where does all of your blood flow through? Your heart. The heart becomes a perfect breeding ground for infection to bacteria, to viruses, to mold, to yeast. Why? Because the most nutrients run through the heart. Anything you eat turns into a nutrient, hopefully, and travels through the blood. And infections will feed off your nutrients. You have an infection that can damage the capillary walls, the artery walls, the heart tissue, lung tissue, you know, kidney tissue. And those nutrients now that are trying to float around, those infections could use for their own advantage. So look back in your history. If you had strep, staph, chronic Epstein-Barr virus, chronic flu, chronic viral infections, even former herpes virus or chronic herpes viruses, if you had fungal or even yeast, yeast is known to be hemolytic. It'll tear apart red blood cells. Those types of conditions can injure the heart, injure the blood vessels, and cause you to have a weak heart. Now, this can set up the scene for any new type of activity in the body, whether it be emotions, whether it be toxic chemicals, whether it be heavy metals, whether it be pesticides. It can allow new infections to come into the body and initiate or trigger those old injuries, causing you to feel like I'm out of breath. I have a heart palpitation. My heart's not working properly. So I want you to pay attention. Please pay attention. I don't get any kickback from this. Neither does the Institute. What we want you to do is you can go to labs such as MicrogenDX, M-I-C-R-O-G-E-N-D-X, MicrogenDX, or Vibrant Wellness. Go and ask your doctor about these labs and see if you can find out if there's any hidden bacterial infections, if there's any hidden viral infections, if there's any type of chronic yeast or fungus. You cannot overlook them. They, they can all create havoc on the way your blood vessels move. We want to keep the strength of the, tube, the turbulent system to run through the bloodstream at an efficient rate. So when you start to find the infections, what if you do? What if you find Lyme disease? Vibrant Wellness has a good Lyme tick-borne um, lab panel. What happens if you do find it? Well, 
find a good practitioner or do your research. We do a lot of information here on the Health Institute. I do a lot of information on mine at Dr. Motley. We talk about how to use gentle herbs to help cleanse the body, to help the arteries, to help fight off these infections. So there are certain types of herbs that I want you to write down. When we're talking about a general microbe, remember, I love neem. Neem is such a good herb. It's an Ayurvedic herb. It's known as Malia Supreme. So neem and Chinese coptis are two of my main things that I've seen work well as a general overall antimicrobial. Golden thread. That's what coptis is called. Golden thread supreme or Malia Supreme. You don't have to take both. But these have been shown whenever I work with these and work with people's blood panels, they have done really well at cleaning out the infection. But you don't want to take them if they make you feel detoxing in a high level. You want to do something that a very low level, like taking a capsule every other day. Now, why am I mentioning this? There are alternatives in our world to not only that can help with if you take an antibiotic or you take an antiviral, but there are certain natural herbals that can actually help and aid and assist with the removal of infections. So you want to start to gently, remember, gently remove the infection. Do not do it harshly. If you do it, you'll feel worse. Your heart will feel tighter. Your chest will feel tighter. Your capillaries will feel worse. You'll have worse blood pressure or, or even pulse rate. Now, when I talk about Malia or Golden Thread, I'm just giving you an idea. I love to go to Supreme Nutrition Products, read about all the good herbs they have on there. And it doesn't make claims. It just tells you that, that in research, plenty of research that shows that during case studies, that these infections have been shown to reduce in their levels when taking some of the herbs. So I'm saying, please keep taking the advice of your primary care doctor. I'm not saying that you don't listen to them. Try to work with them and see what they say. Whenever I find like either Malia or Golden Thread, if I find that they work really well, then I start to notice that the heart starts to mend. With that, I always check mineral levels. Your heart, your spark plugs, run off minerals and vitamins. So please check the levels and remember to try to balance them by using a good intracellular nutrition analysis. Genova Diagnostics, Genova Diagnostics has a good one. Try to find them, or you can do diagnostic solutions. There's many labs that have really good analysis, even hair analysis, urine analysis, blood analysis of your nutrients. But an intracellular, internal cellular test is a really good way to do um, your testing. Dr. Peter Osborne, if you look at his work on YouTube or Instagram, he has a good test that talks for takes account for the intracellular nutrition of your cells. So you want to make sure that magnesium, manganese, selenium, zinc are all in good levels. You want to make sure that your B vitamins such as B1, B2, B3, B6, B9, and B12 Basically, you want to find a good B complex that does not give you the jitters, the shakes, or make your, your urine turn extremely yellow, or that it makes you feel nauseous. You want to find a good B complex that makes you feel fulfilled, energetic, and never anxious. If you can't take the B vitamins because that particular form of B or that brand is not methylating or breaking down properly, you can find a good B vitamin that works for you. You just may have to search for it. I like Epigenetics International out of England, and I like Metabolics out of England. There's many that are here. I like Pure Encapsulations. They, they have some good products. Also, um, Designs for Health. But remember, do the research. We want to give you good suggestions. When you find a good B vitamin, I also say CoQ10. CoQ10, 
a good essential fatty acid like a fish or omega or plant-based oil, vitamin D, and vitamin A. Check out vitamin K if you have blood thinners. You need to talk to your doctor about that. But those in themselves, guys, are the nutrients that help strengthen the heart in a basic way. Now, when I add in malia or golden thread, if you had high yeast, I often consider Chinese skullcap, which is known as scutellaria, scutellaria supreme. When I take these in, a court, in, in relation with my minerals and my vitamins, I find that the heart strength gets better. When I had Lyme disease, I remember, guys, I would sit in my bed and I literally would feel my heart beating out of my chest. Such bad heart palpitations. Losing my breath in my 30s. And I thought this was probably just the way that life is. I'm just getting older. No. I was nutrient deficient. When I started taking the CoQ10, when I started taking the essential fatty acids, the vitamins and minerals, my heart started to settle down. When I started taking the herbs to help clean out the Lyme or the strep or the bacteria viruses, that in combination gave me strength and cleaned my heart. So find a literate doctor. I'm saying a literate. I'm saying an infection literate doctor that's Lyme literate or parasite literate or viral literate that wants to work with the infections plus help you get nutrients such as a good functional medicine doctor or a good integrative medicine practitioner to help you with cleaning up the body, cleaning out the infections, but also feeding the body. There's also Quicksilver. I'm not getting any feedback, uh, kickback from them, but Quicksilver nutrients and supplements have really good research and great podcast about the push and pull, about cleansing the body, but also pulling out the infections and then giving nutrients. Stop, never stop doing research. Quicksilver. So you have these infections, you want to clean them out. That's a few examples of the herbs I like to use. And your heart can get stronger. If there's a heavy viral load, I love WOAD, W-O-A-D. It's called Chinese Isatis, I-S-A-T-I-S. It's one of the favorite ones I use for all viral infections. I find that, or I find that golden thread, really cleans out the viruses so well. Please research these and see if they resonate with you. So we talked about the infections. We talked about all the things that could be going on within the body to cleanse them, but let's not forget the emotions. Now, the heart has much to do with the emotions of joy, but it also has to do with happiness, and it can be related to, I say, the negative emotions of depletion, of being completely drained, or feeling abandoned or left alone, loneliness. When you have loneliness, when you have these emotions in your body, your heart goes into a state of a, a fight or flight, fight or flight, freeze or fawn, as they would say. Now, with this type of condition going in the heart, the heart gets weakened. The heart is trying to pump blood to help you fight a problem, sustain a problem, keep it at bay, or run from it. And that puts pressure on your adrenals, it puts pressure on your thyroid, and it puts pressure on the heart. The heart gets worn out. The chest gets tired. The heart gets tired. The abandonment you feel is trying to be met by a demand, or being by, the demand's trying to be met by the heart. And the heart's doing its best. It's trying to pump blood to your brain, to your body, to your muscles, to try to keep up with your sadness. Remember, emotions, your psyche, your higher conscious, your mind is feeding your brain, your brain's feeding your biochemistry, your biochemistry is feeding your physiology, and your body is responding. So you have to look at the backdrop of why you feel lonely. Why do you feel sad? Why is there no joy in your life? 
whether it be job, relationships, family, whether it be your relationship with a higher power, what if what is it? Could it be a chronic infection? Yes. You've dealt with a chronic infection all your life. You feel sad. You feel tired. You're tired of being sick and tired. Could that create abandonment in your heart? Loneliness? Yes, I've seen it many times in my office. You want to look at those conditions, those emotions, and you want to see what can I do to help my brain, my mind, process these things. Instead of stuffing them down, we're going to bring to the surface. What I've seen my patients work really well with and help them, I've seen acupuncture. The rejuvenation of the vital energy of the chi, the electrical activity of the body, brings those electrical signals up to the surface. Neurofeedback, known as lens therapy, L-E-N-S, that works well too. Emotional freedom technique, EFT. There's a great Instagram feed. They're good friends called The Tapping Solution. They're on Instagram. Look at their feed. They talk about how to stimulate acupuncture points by tapping, and that stimulation triggers the brain's response to the area of the tapping, which is related to a voltage current that goes to an organ. And you tapping can actually nourish an organ, stimulate the healing of the organ, at the same time stimulating the brain, bringing all the old emotions to the surface. It's been clinically proven with many of the research they're doing. Many people think it's not but I've seen crazy good results. So EFT tapping, you can try that or neurofeedback. You try acupuncture or even go into acupressure yourself. There's a great book by uh, Deborah Bleeker called Acupressure Made Simple. Check it out. If you have any type of known emotions, look at the organ in Chinese medicine. Look at the emotions that it's related to and tap the point that's related to the organ and you'll see good results. Those are some simple, easy formats to help you with clearing your emotions. Homeopathics. Homeopathics are also great for clearing old stuffed emotions. I want you to realize that you can take all of these formats and use them to bring things up to the surface. Then your nutrition, your nutrients, cleaning out the infections, strengthen the heart. The brain and the organ connection gets stronger. The mind feels at ease. You start using your spiritual practices, whether it's prayer, meditation, connecting to a higher source, connecting to God, praying for healing and wisdom, and you'll start to see that all of these incongruences are affecting the body and the structure, the chemistry, the organ, the psyche, and the emotional and the electrical body. It's all one. You can't think that just one's going to do it all, but you sure can do quite a bit if you take each part of you seriously. Guys, this is how you can strengthen the heart. This is just the first step. Please look at the research at heartmath.org. Look at their, um, their work. I want you also to read a book that I have on my Amazon website, uh, a story. It's called uh, The Mitochondria Manifesto. It talks about electrical activity and about re- raising the mitochondria of the body. It's an amazing book. Remember, regeneration. It's about regenerating the body. It's about getting the electrical activity and back into the heart. Take these steps. Check it out. See if you do these steps, if it encourages or strengthens your EKG, and see if your cardiologist sees some improvement. Remember, talk to your primary care doctor if you have any questions. Guys, until next time, I hope that you liked this episode. If it's helped you in any way, please like and subscribe. Show us some comments in the comment section. And until next time, I hope that you have a blessed day. Take it easy. Have a good day. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. 
Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.